Yeah.
bit more than just a minute, but I want to share something that God's laying on my heart right now. There are some people in this room right now, this very moment, that have said no to God a long time. You said no, 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 no for a long time in your life. You may have been going to church your whole life and you continue to say no to God. And I want you to know this morning, he wants you to say yes. He has something for you. Whatever it is, whatever it's fear, if it's fear, if, if you're frightened, if you're, you're thinking, I, I am not valuable, I have, I'm not worth anything, I've messed up too much, I want to tell you that every stripe upon his back and the crown of thorns on his head says you're worth it. So if you're in here this morning and you've told God, no, 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 I'm not coming to you, I'm not doing this, then say yes today. Because the reason some of you can't sing this song right here and lift your hands and thank him because you haven't recognized what he truly did for you. If you will recognize that the Lord died for you, took it all upon himself, every sin, every shame, every judge, everything that you're dealing with right now, he took it upon himself and put it on the cross. You are forgiven. You have value. You can accept Christ as your savior and you can walk with him and you can sing this song from a different place. And if you're a believer in here, if you're a believer in here, your hands should have been up. And you should have been praising the Lord because of what he's done for you. Don't take, don't take this time for granted. Praise the Lord this morning. Let's praise him a little bit more right now. Come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your soul. Because you've got a lion inside of those bones. Sometimes it's just like, ah, and then it's just the Lord 
and then you just let it loose and say hallelujah and that courage just rises up the holy spirit rises up rises up inside of you and you just it's just it's just a glorious thing to let that out in front of the lord we praise you god thank you lord hallelujah hallelujah i'll sing hallelujah forever and ever and ever amen amen pastor you got anything else all right amen say hello to somebody this morning shake a hand or hug a neck amen 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 yeah 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 i can always judge what kind of mood you guys are in by how long it takes to calm down after saying hello to people you're in a good mood today and god is good and i meant what i said earlier as god dropped that in that if you're in here this morning and you're, you're dealing with that, you're, you've been saying no to God, I'm telling you, you have value, you are worth it to him, and he loves you. You can have everything washed away and forgiven, and you can start fresh this morning. You don't have to stay bound up in whatever you walked in here with. Um, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go ahead and do this now, Sarah, if you get your phone ready. I'm going to give away our scholarships real quick. I just have a feeling God's going to do something big here in a little bit, so I don't want to interrupt him. Uh, we, have, we have some applicants, seniors, that uh, turned in their applications, and you had to follow all the guidelines, get everything turned in. And then when we do that, we, every year we get so many that are great and wonderful, so we ended up just, we draw them out now, the ones that have filled everything out, the ones that qualify for it, and, and follow all the guidelines and all that stuff. So... At this time, our Greg Burgess Memorial Scholarship, this is a $1,000 scholarship, each one of these. Greg Burgess Memorial Scholarship goes to Chase Smith. Get a picture right here. Yeah, stay up here. And then the one drawn out for the Jamie Lowe Memorial Scholarship was Jovi Horton. Congrats. Let me get one with both of you. Come here. Good job. All right. Here we go, Lord. Let's do this. Rescue team, part three. If you're a visitor here, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go over messages one and two. Um, But this week, pull them out. And give them Jesus. Pull them out and give them Jesus. You know, we, we talked about in week one, will you answer the call? And several of you in here said, I'll answer the call. I want to be a part of this rescue team that's going to pull people from the pits of hell and put them on the solid, solid foundation of Jesus. Last week, we talked about seeking the lost. And as you do that, that God would open doors for you and show you who's hungry for him. You know, who's dealing with things in their life. And we have to be careful that we don't uh, miss those opportunities that God's giving us as we're seeking the lost because we don't want to miss people in the middle of their storm, right? And we're following the story of the greatest small boat rescue ever in the history of the United States Coast Guard and making those connections from this story to our mission as a church. And we're taking excerpts from a book called The Finest Hours as we go through 
this series. Now, again, if you've missed one or week one or two, you can go back on our Facebook page and catch up on those. And also, if you didn't know, we do have a Facebook page. You can follow that, get updates about the church, uh, things that are going on, the services, any kind of goofy videos we put out sometimes. Follow our Facebook page, and you can keep up on all that stuff. We also have one on Instagram for anybody that's like 40 and below. The rest of you are probably saying, what's Instagram? So, but there's Instagram, that's what the kids use a lot, the younger ones, and we don't have anything on Snapchat, sorry, or Be Real, or what else is there, Twitter? No. So, Instagram or Facebook. And we have a YouTube page too, but... All right. It's my public service announcement. But go back, watch those, and... Uh, Last week we talked about, and I encourage you guys to start praying that the Lord would give you at least one opportunity to reach someone every single day, to share God's love with someone every single day. And I've been praying that prayer as well, I'm doing my best. How many of you have been doing your best to share the gospel with people that you come encounter with, okay, come in contact with? Uh, we are not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. <laughs> I like amens. They help me. Not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let's say that together. I feel that today. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And some, sometimes we pray these prayers, and when, when God opens this door of, of people to minister to, to people to talk to, we accidentally sometimes, I'll be honest, accidentally it happens, or on purpose, we miss those opportunities. Now, I know anybody, there's nobody in here that would, on purpose, miss an opportunity to share God's love. I bet we do, Right? Sometimes we do it on purpose, but we have to be watchful. We have to be careful that we don't, that I don't miss people that are in the middle of a storm. Because you know what? We've got Jesus that we can give them. We can throw it out there and help them come to Jesus. So we're going to read a little bit more out of this book. Uh, again, the finest hour, hours <clears throat> as we dive into pull them out and give them Jesus. So what was the guy's name that's kind of running this little boat? Anybody remember? Bernie. Okay, good. And his crew have somehow <clears throat> somehow made it to the wreckage, and here's where we're going to pick up with it. The steel hulk was dark and ominous with no apparent signs of life. Bernie thought to himself, it's too late. There's no one left alive. Meanwhile, on the Pendleton, the men trapped there had almost lost all hope. Suddenly, one of the men noticed something bobbing up and down in the rolling seas. A small light headed their way. Frank Fateau, who was on board the Pendleton, later said it was the most glorious sight this single light bobbing up and down in the rolling seas. No one cheered. We just watched spellbound. The light looked no bigger than a pinprick in the inky blackness. The whole crew watched mesmerized as it went up and over the huge seas, slowly inching closer. As Bernie approached the boat, his first thoughts were that it was empty. There were no lights on the boat from the side that, came, that they came in on. However, once he began to motor around the vessel, he emerged on the other side where there was a string of lights and men, a whole bunch of men, standing at the ship's rear rail cheering. Bernie's second thought was to consider how massive the Pendleton was compared to his small vessel. 
He said that at one point he wondered if he and his crew might not be better off on board the Pendleton rather than their tiny boat. But then there was no time left to contemplate that plan because the crew of the Pendleton tossed a rope ladder over the side of their ship of their ship, and men began to descend down to where he was. What followed was an exceedingly dangerous dance as Bernie tried to drive the lifeboat in toward the hole just as each man jumped for the ship before the waves separated them again. With the rolling seas, this was almost an impossible task, but they managed. A few of the men missed the lifeboat but were quickly hauled aboard by the crew. One after another, they came down that ladder. One after another, Bernie and his men hauled them to safety. Now again this morning, I want to talk about how, how as believers that we should be pulling people out of the grasp of the enemy. Pulling them out of a life that is heading towards hell. And after we get them out, we give them Jesus. Jude, and I read this in the first week, Jude 1, 23. It says, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Pulling them out of the fire. As, as each man in this story here tried to jump from the ladder to the lifeboat, many of them missed. And that's understandable because it was a moving target in the storm tossed by the waters. And it was absolutely critical that as soon as they hit the water, they needed to get them in quickly because the water was so cold. And it didn't take long before a man, a man could have drowned or not been able to move or losing consciousness. So they were, they were quickly pulling them in <clears throat> to the boat. And this is the image that I get from Jude as we read these scriptures. The water, though, is replaced by fire. But the situation is the same. They are trapped. They're hopeless. They're, they're helpless. There's people all around you like this. We have to recognize that what they desperately need is someone who's going to reach out and get them and get a hold of them and pull them out of the fire before they're lost forever. That's how a rescue mission works. That's what being a part of this rescue team at Orchardville is about, pulling people out so they don't head for destruction. It's not enough just to recognize that, hey, there are lost people all around me. Look at them. You can just see them all. That's not enough. That is not enough as a church. It's not enough as a believer. It's not enough just to seek an opportunity. Lord, give me an opportunity today to share the gospel. This is hands-on. You have to get a little bit dirty. You have to work a little bit. You have to do more than just show up at church. You're going to have to get involved. You can't pull someone from the flames unless you give a little effort. At the end of Luke 10, Jesus was asked, who is my neighbor? And this is the Good Samaritan story. He gives them the story of this Good Samaritan, and he's making a simple but powerful statement. And he's, the lawyer here is asking the wrong question. The question is not, who is my neighbor, or who am I supposed to show mercy and grace to? The, the real question is, who am I? Who am I? What kind of Christian am I if I'm not willing to inconvenience myself to rescue someone? If anyone was ever in need of a rescue, it was the man in this story, Good Samaritan story, who was beaten, he was robbed, and left for dead. But the religious leaders in this story ignored him. They did their best to pretend that they didn't notice him. And I'm telling you this morning that we have a responsibility to those around us. If you know, you know, you know, you know somebody is not living for the Lord, you know exactly where they're headed. 
We have a responsibility. We cannot be responsible for others, but we can be responsible to others. Right? I can lead people to Jesus, but it's up to them to make that decision to follow him and believe on him. Right? I can't do it for him, but I can lead them to him. And we have a responsibility to a lost world. We've got to be engaged in the act of pulling people out of the fire and giving them Jesus before it's too late. This is why we exist. You know, the church, now, I'm going I'm to backtrack a little bit. Last week I talked about um, things with the church. The church, if you read in the scriptures, was actually for the believers, okay? Um, we want unbelievers to come into the building, but the real work of the church, is, which is us, is to go outside these walls and minister Jesus. And then they, we bring them in and they make that decision to follow Jesus. They're part of our family as we encourage each other as we come in each week. That's how the church was set up. But we have a responsibility as the church to go out and share the gospel, to go out and win people to Jesus. That's why we exist. We're here to reach the lost. Who are we if we are not disciple makers? We're a social club. There's enough of those churches out there. We have to be making disciples. What have we accomplished if we do not reach our world with the gospel? Congratulations, you built four different sanctuaries and you got a decent sized church in the middle of nowhere. Way to go if we're not reaching people with the gospel. If we could ever get this real understanding of the terrors of hell, we've got to make it real. It's got to be real in our minds and our hearts. And if if we'll do that, we're going to realize the tremendous responsibility that we have to these lost people out in the world. In this story, Bernie had no idea how many men were on the Pendleton needing rescue. As they came down the ladder, he started to realize that there were many more of them than his small vessel was equipped to handle. There were 33 of them on the Pendleton, and Bernie's lifeboat was designed to carry 12 men, and that included his four. That's not going to work. He didn't think it was going to work. And as they came down one after another, Bernie began to recognize that there was a very real possibility that the boat would be overflowing and that they wouldn't be able to survive the trip home. At one point, even, he even considered pulling out, taking this load home, and hoping someone else would come to the rescue for the rest of them. After all, his boat was now taking on water and there was nowhere else to put anyone, but Bernie simply could not abandon those men on that hole. He made up his mind in his own words that either we, they would all live together or they would all die together. After all, what kind of man would Bernie be if he didn't try to rescue them? What kind of people are we if we're not trying to win people to Jesus? And that's the question in the story of that Good Samaritan. What kind of church would this be if we failed to reach the lost? It's great when guests come in and visitors come in that don't know Jesus, but really our responsibility is to go outside here and tell people about him. We can't hope that they'll come in here. Let's be the church outside of here. What kind of people are we if we're willing to cross over the other side of the road like this Good Samaritan story in order to better ignore the hopeless condition of lost people? Now, we can't do that. We cannot do that as a church. When you know somebody's struggling, you know somebody's hurting, we cannot just turn the other way and walk off because we don't want to be bothered with the situation. We have to have compassion. Jesus walked this earth with so much love and compassion and a heart for people, and he is our example. That's who we are supposed to be following. That's what we are supposed to look like. 
if we don't, I'm going to show a video here in a second, just to kind of make this a reality for us. I know some of you may live with people in your house that are not believers. Keep shining the light of Jesus. Keep praying. Keep believing that God's going to get through to them. Keep being the example of Jesus in your home. I know men and women who have prayed for their spouses and it took 30, 40 years. But they came to the Lord. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Everybody in the Bible had to pray for things a lot longer than we do. We give it about five minutes at the altar and then we pick it back up if it ain't released or fixed. I had to wait for years in the Bible for things to happen sometimes. Don't give up. But the important thing is, how many of you in here have friends or loved ones, family members, people you know that don't know the Lord? There should be about every hand in here, right? Don't know the Lord. You're worried. You're concerned. You know where they're headed right now. Now, I'm not going to make you raise your hand on this one. How many of you have went to those people and shared the gospel of Jesus? Okay? That's something to think about. Or have you turned and went the other way? Watch this video, listen to this message real quick. What if you had a friend who died without knowing Jesus as their personal savior? What if he or she went to hell? What if one day you received a letter in the mail from beyond? A letter from hell. A letter from your friend in the flames of eternal torment. The following is a dramatic presentation it was written by a fictitious high school student named Josh to a friend named Zach. Although Zach had every opportunity to tell Josh about Jesus, he didn't. They were best friends. They played soccer together, they went to classes together, they partied together, they shared their lives with each other. But there was one thing Zach held back from Josh, his personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The rest of the story is simple and sad. A few too many beers, a tragic drive home, a crash, a death, a funeral, a letter. Here is that letter in its entirety. A letter from hell. Dear Zach, I died today. It's a lot different than I expected. You see, I always thought dying would bring me into a world that's foggy and hazy. But this place is crystal clear. It's even more real than my life on Earth. I can think. I can talk. I can even feel. Right after the wreck, I could feel my spirit leaving my body. It was the weirdest thing, Zach. I thought I heard you screaming out to me, man. I must have been just imagining things. At first, I was just standing in line, getting registered, I guess. They asked me for my name and began to look in this thing they called the Book of Life. I guess they couldn't find it though, because this huge angel standing next to me grabbed me by the arm and started dragging me away. I was terrified. I had no idea what was going on. 
I asked the angel where he was taking me, but he didn't answer. So I asked him again. Finally, he told me that only those whose names were written in the book of life could enter into heaven. And the rest would be condemned to hell forever. Man, I was scared. The angel threw me into some kind of holding cell where I've been sitting and thinking for a long, long time. Do you want to know what I've been thinking about? I've been thinking about you. Zach, you're a Christian. You told me so yourself. I mean, we talked about it three different times today. Kelly brought it up, and you laughed it off. Coach Adams brought it up, and you changed the subject. I mean, it came up right before the wreck. Well, the question I can't get out of my mind is this, Zach. Why haven't you ever told me about how to become a Christian? I mean, you say you're my friend, but if you really were, you would have told me about this Jesus and told me how to escape this terrible place that I'm headed for. I can feel my heart pounding in my chest. The angels who have been chosen to cast me into hell are coming down the hallway. I can hear their footsteps. I've heard of this hell, Zach. They call it the lake of fire. I can't stand it, Zach. I'm terrified. No, the angels are at the door. Oh, no. No! They're coming in, and they're pointing at me. They're grabbing me and carrying me out of the room. I can already smell the burning sulfur and brimstone. I can see the edge of the cliff where hell burns. This is it. I am without hope. We're coming closer, closer, closer. My heart is bursting with fear. They're holding me over the flames. I'm down forever. This is it. They have thrown me in. Fire. Pain. Hell. Why, Zach? Why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus? Signed. Your friend, Josh. I know that story's, that video is fiction. But I really want us to think about the reality of hell and what that means for people. What do you do when a lost world needs more than what we can give? You give them Jesus. And I'm just going to self-evaluate my, just talk about me. I got work to do. As I was thinking about this all week, I've got work to do. I've still got family members. I've been more bold since Jackson passed away about sharing my faith and, and talking to family members, but I've got family members, I've got friends, I've got loved ones, I've got people that I'm acquaintances with that do not know the Lord, and I'm not really doing anything about it. And I know I'm not the only one in here. The mission of the church of the rescue team here at Orchardville is to seek the lost and pull them out and give them Jesus. 
You guys know what it is. If you're a believer, you know what it is to be loved by Jesus. You know how much grace and mercy he has shown you. We need to extend that to other people. We need to let other people know about it. And if you want to win someone to the Lord, you're going to have to make a friend. Now, when when they come in here and we have revivals or things like this or church services, the Holy Spirit does the work inside here. The Holy Spirit does the work inside you outside of here also. As you go to witness to people and you ask the Lord to show you people, you're going to have to make a friend. You're going to have to invest some time. I've got enough friends. No, you don't. There are people that don't know the Lord. They are new friends that need to be made. Because I don't think you can just go up to somebody. I mean, it can happen, but I think you have to develop a little bit of a relationship with a person, which means you're going to have to befriend some strangers in your life too. You're going to have to talk to some people because it's that important that people don't go to hell. It's that important. And until you get that burden, until you get that aching in you that I just have to give them Jesus, you won't. It has to become a burden that you want to reach out and touch the lost. You want them to know the Lord. And it'll cost you a little bit. Again, I said you're going to have to put some energy into it. And I also want to tell you, we're so intimidated by... First of all, by just talking to new people and making new friends, but we're also intimidated by sharing the gospel of Jesus. Again, get in your mind the alternative for them. If I don't share the Lord, they may never hear it again. So whatever fear, whatever you say, you know, maybe it's oh, I just have a lack of knowledge, you know the gospel. If you're a believer, you know the basic gospel. You know what the Lord has forgiven you of. You know what he's taken you out of. Share it. You know what Jesus did on the cross. Share it. Because I would rather share it with all the people that I know that are not living the way they need to be living than to think about that afterwards if they would pass away. I just didn't do it. I just didn't do it. Lord, I just didn't do it. And I will take a thousand no's just to get one yes. Understand that too. When you go and share with people, you develop these relationships, you talk to people and you give them the gospel, some people will still say no. But you did what you were supposed to do. And you know what? If they tell you no, that doesn't mean you have to stop trying, but it also doesn't mean you have to quit trying with other people. Don't let a defeat of a no that somebody may give you stop you from sharing with the next person. Because everyone deserves the opportunity to know Jesus and to make heaven their home. The praise team would come back up. Understand you can't win them all, but you've got to keep trying. Bernie and his crew managed to save all but one man from the hull of the Pendleton. That one man fell from the ladder halfway down the ship, and as, as Bernie maneuvered in to try to pluck him from the water, a giant wave tossed him into the man, driving his body against the ship and killing him instantly. And again, too often we let failure stop us from reaching out to people, but Bernie did not give up. He kept going. He owed it to the next man coming down the ladder to give it his best shot again. 
and our efforts in evangelism with sharing the gospel should not be determined by defeats, by people that say no. We don't have, you don't know, we don't know how much time we have. We don't. You guys know that in this church. We don't know how much time we have on this earth. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We've got to feel the weight of this responsibility to reach lost people. And if we don't, what kind of church are we? Please, 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 Orchardville Church, as we stand this morning, reach down into the storms of life that people are in and the pits of life that people are in. Reach down and pull them out and give them Jesus. Reach down and give them Jesus. Have some boldness. Have some courage. I'm not saying deliver the gospel in a way that's rude and aggressive. I'm saying love people where they're at and pull them up in the middle of their hurt, in the middle of their pain, and say, I've got a friend named Jesus. And he took me from a a depressed, suicidal 18 to 21-year-old, and he completely changed my life. And he can do that for you. This morning as we pray, I just want you to respond. Respond, Lord, give me the courage, give me the boldness, give me the, the, the burden for the lost. I want you to pray that. Lord, just give me the strength to do what you've called me to do. Give me the courage to speak your love to people, to share it with people, because I don't want anyone in my family, in my life, in my circle of life to go to hell. I don't want that, Lord. And I feel like he's telling us, then give them my son. Give him my son. So pray for that courage and boldness. If you're here this morning, everybody bow your heads just for a minute. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, I want you to call on the name of Jesus and believe on him today. God loved the world so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. God sent his one and only son for you, for me, for all of us in this room. God sent his son, Jesus, and he died for you. All the guilt, all the shame, everything you've been through, he died for you to forgive you, to give you a clean slate, to wash you clean, to set your feet on the rock of Jesus, and for you to walk different and what you came in today. If you don't want Jesus as your Savior and you want to believe on him today, I'm going to ask you to come this morning to the altar. Grab somebody by the hand. Stop saying no to God. Please stop saying no to God and say yes this morning. Say yes this morning. I promise you, if you will just surrender your life to Jesus, you're going to have a heaviness that you're dealing with right now be lifted off your shoulders and you are going to have freedom and liberty in Jesus today. Father, if there's anybody in here that does not know you as their Savior, Father, I pray they come this morning to this altar and they bring someone with them, Father, that knows the gospel, that can talk with them, Father, they'll talk with me and come to know you today, Father, because we are not guaranteed another minute, another second. And we want people to know you and to be in heaven, Father, and experience your love each day. Maybe you're here this morning and you've said no to God 
you're, you're a believer, but you're just saying no to God about everything that he might want to do in your life. You need to say yes this morning. Whatever the wall is, whatever's going on there, you need to knock, let God knock that down and have communion with you again. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, do a work in this place. Let people respond to be courageous, to be bold, to have a burden for the lost. Father, that they walk out of here different. Father, they remember their first love. They remember what they felt like when they gave their life to you, Father, and they want other people to experience that same thing. Father, give us the joy of our salvation again today, God. Lord, give us boldness and courage, Father, and draw people to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power
talking about earlier in this earlier in the service said yes to Jesus today we're celebrate celebrating with Patricia for a new life in Jesus this morning freedom in Jesus she's got her mentor now that's gonna help her walk this out and build that foundation in Vidon praise the Lord for salvation. We praise the Lord for somebody coming to Him, coming to Jesus. We're just going to keep in a spirit of worship this morning and just remembering who Christ is. What a, what a great way to remember this morning in communion. 
what Jesus has done for us. As far as ushers would come this morning, this is gonna be a celebratory communion, I think. We remember, we remember, but we celebrate because, because Patricia, 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 Patricia said yes to Jesus today. As our ushers are coming, I'll, I'll let OC Kids parents know you can go get your kids if you want them to be a part of this with you. I know it's a little bit late, but I'm celebrating Jesus today. Our communion here at Orchardville Church is open communion on one condition. You are a believer in Jesus Christ. You must be a believer in Jesus Christ to partake in communion. And the way we do this here, so our ushers are up front, your section, whatever section you're in, you'll go out the left side of your row, get the elements and head back on the right side of your row to go back in and it flows nice and easy. We can have this celebration every week as we reach out, pull people up, and give them Jesus. Every week, every week. I'm sure we're not going to be done with that gratitude song. I'm, I'm almost sure of it. You guys can go ahead and come and get that if you're not already. All my words fall short. If you're not a believer this morning and you want to be, it's not too late. Patricia, you get to come through this line today, girl.
such a powerful time to remember what Jesus did for us and it brings unity to the church body as we do this together we're in one mind one accord here and the Lord's Supper is the last Passover meal Jesus had with his disciples here on earth and he, he passed around the bread and the cup letting them know that his body was about to be broken torn to pieces and that the shedding of his blood would usher in the new covenant and we remember what he went through for us what he went through for us and now that we can put our faith in him, believe on him and we can walk in freedom and liberty just like my sister here this morning. Something breaks in us and we can just walk in the peace of Jesus. We have fellowship with Christ. We have communion with him now because our sins are forgiven. We We don't have to wait for heaven to have fellowship with God. We get to have it right now. We can have communion right now. And we continue to remember the Lord's Supper until he returns. Jesus was, is, always will be victorious. We know that this morning. And we are to proclaim the Lord's death through observing communion. So 1 Corinthians 11, 23, 26. For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you'll break that bread and partake of that. And just remember, thank him for his broken body. Could have courage and boldness as you thank the Lord. You can just thank him out loud if you want to. You feel led to, you just thank him. Father, thank you for your body that was broken for us. Thank you for what you went through. Thank you for what you suffered through for us, for me. Father, I thank you for that. I praise you for that right now, Father. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, if you'll take partake of the cup. And just thank him for his blood that was shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sins that washes you clean. Father, we thank you right now in this place. We thank you in this place right now, Father. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So, Father, we just worship you. We praise you. God, I thank you for 
just your presence in this service. I thank you for healing in people's body that we prayed for. Father, I thank you for hearts that came back to you. I thank you for salvation for Patricia today, God, that she said yes to you, Father. And Lord, that you dropped that in us early in the service that somebody was going to say yes to you, Father. And I thank you for that today, for your promises, Father. Praise you. Praise you and I worship you, God. We're going to sing. Can we get into that bridge again? Yeah. Come on, my soul. We're going to go out with a bang here. You're going to let it out inside of you. You say, I don't, I've never done something like that, Rick. I've never shouted and just praise the Lord really loud. Let it out today, all right? And remember, you're not dismissed. You are sent. So let's sing this as we're leaving today, all right? We'll see you Wednesday or Saturday. Tonight, worship night tonight. Worship night tonight. Worship night tonight.